are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lots on Diamondbacks podcast. Here, part of the Lots on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Those wonderful and charismatic hosts of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos. And my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account at LockedOnDimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. For today's show, part two of that Locked On Rockies crossover with Paul Holden, where we discuss our motivations for continuing to watch our awful teams. Are the Rockies going to be a fire sale at the trade deadline? And we give some predictions for the series. Plus, a few more things, so you're going to want to stay tuned for a jam-packed episode. But first, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this weekend as I'll go live after the D-backs beat the Rockies, either Saturday or Sunday. Follow me on Twitter to get notified when I do. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Now, let's get into that conversation with Lockdown Rockies host Paul Holden. Yeah, do you think they're going to have a fire sale come trade deadline? Because as you mentioned, Trevor Story, I think it's his last year of his deal. Charlie yes. Blackman, he's in his, you know, he's 34. He probably wants to win some games <laughs> before he retires. Uh, John Gray, I mean, he's probably another guy that could be that could be moved. Do you think it's going to be a fire sale come the deadline? See, it's it's tough because you don't have a GM and mm-hmm. you don't play. And, the, and I believe the team has said that they are taking their time. There's an interim GM that comes from within the organization. But I mean, that's a lot. To, I mean, to ask an interim GM, in my eyes, if, if you're going to have the interim GM man or, you know, navigate the fire sale, isn't that a pretty strong sign that this interim GM might be the person that's laying the foundation for the future? I mean, just because I, Dick Mumford says he's a baseball guy. He is not a baseball guy. Mm-hmm. The Rockies don't embrace analytics. The Rockies are behind in so many ways that I hope the fire sailing includes the front office and they bring in a complete outside thing. I hope there is a fire sale, not because I want to see my favorite Rockies, because honestly, the Rockies built my favorite combination of players and my entire fandom since watching the heyday, you know, since the 2007 team that made the run. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the 2018, 2017 Rockies are, were a bunch of fun with a bunch of great players, but now you're at a point where it it's just not working. This, this, this roster needs to be, you know, it needs to be dismantled and we need to rebuild and get pieces to start over. And for Charlie Blackman though, I, I don't, I highly doubt Charlie Blackman gets traded unless there is a team in the AL that is looking for a DH mm-hmm. to play right field every now and then Charlie Blackman is atrocious in the field. Uh, he is not a good fielder anymore. He honestly has never been the strongest fielder, um, but his bat's good enough to keep him in the lineup. But you watch him play that inside the park home run that happened at Petco yesterday. And <laughs> I mean, it's just, it just, I, and don't get me wrong again. I love Charlie Blackman. I'm in the camp that maybe I think Charlie Blackman should finish his career in Colorado and potentially has his number go up next to, you know, next to Todd Helton's and Larry Walker's because Larry's is getting retired later this year. But 
I mean, cause Charlie is, is a, is a Colorado guy. And I just don't think, I, I don't, I don't know what you would get for Charlie Blackman. I, I you know, at, at this stage and, and now you're watching Trevor story right now and you're worried what you're going to get for Trevor story. If he doesn't turn it around. I mean, he's back to striking out like he was a rookie, but I think that goes way more into the fact that he is just completely dejected. I don't think anyone on this Rockies team is taken in terms of from a player perspective, I don't think anyone on this team has taken this offseason as hard as Trevor Story. I firmly believe that there was there was a future or a Rockies team that Trevor re-signs after this year. The Rockies go in, and I, I, there's just a parallel universe where the Rockies stick with the players and the plans they had and just add to the pieces they needed to um, versus being that. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the long-winded answer. But I hope there's a fire sale. I truly don't know if there will be a fire sale because you just don't, we just don't know what the direction of the front office is going to be, but you have to get something for story this year. You have to get something for John Gray or, or someone this, this year, if you want to actually do the rebuild, but Dick Monfort doesn't believe this team needs to be rebuilt. He's been on record saying that before, but there is no more proof. I mean, this is the Rockies are not going to get better throughout this year. They, they will surprise some stuff and be able to do some stuff, but the, there needs to be some changes, some drastic changes by the deadline. Yeah, and in terms of the value for Trevor Story, I really don't think you have to worry about that too much. I mean, what he's proven over the last, like, what, three, four years, five years? I mean, that dude's a stud, and I kind of wanted to ask you about that because I got some, you know, shortstop names here. I just kind of want to get your perspective of where you think Trevor Story is in the hierarchy of just just shortstops, basically, in baseball. I got five shortstops here, including Trevor Story, Trey Turner, Francisco Lindor, Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis. How do you uh, stack up Trevor Story against those other four names? I think Trevor Story's best of the best. I mean, he, you know, and that that's a little biased there, and it's just from me watching him. But I think when Trevor Story is playing his best baseball, it is hard to beat. The guy is a hitting machine. He is a force at the dish, and he is very good defensively. I personally believe he's he's deserved a golden a gold glove. But shortstop is insanely hard. I mean, there's just so many great fielders at that position. Um, I would say, you know, a Tatis might be a little just due to Tatis being younger and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, really emerging into this. He comes off of the COVID list. He goes four for four against yeah. the Rockies yesterday and almost hits for the cycle. I, I think Tatis is probably the, you know, the the face of shortstop going forward. And and I don't think Lindor is going to stay cold all that long. I think it's I think going to a New York or an L.A. team is very hard. It's a big change, especially from a team, a player that. Uh, you know, is, is, is in the limelight and in a place that you get a little bit more leniency in a place like Cleveland when you versus you go to New York and you'll get booed after at bat, you know, number one, if you're not doing it. So I would put that, that would probably be my top three would be those guys right there. But I, I would firmly place Trevor story, you know, at that, the top of that list when, when he's well, I, I just think he, he's developed into such a, a great, great player. And I think he's going to make a competitive team a lot better and it's going to be great for him, whether he sticks. I, I don't know what, what he'll want to do after the year, but uh, you know, if the Rockies don't trade him, he's definitely not, he will not be back in a, in, in purple. In, in my opinion, I just, there's just no reason to, but um, yeah. So that I, 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 I think firmly, like I, I firmly believe Trevor story is, is, top three at minimum, if not, you know, the guy uh, at the shortstop position. 
Yeah, and shortstop is low-key stacked right now. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I think it's kind of impossible to rank. Right now, I'm more into doing like tier rankings and actual just like doing one through five because just to bring it back to basketball, if you're like name your top five NBA players, I think it's like impossible to do. I think it's just easier to say, hey, this is tier one player, tier two player. So I think those five guys are tier one of shortstop because honestly, if you got any one of those guys on your team, I, I don't think right. there's much variance in how great uh, of a player there is from each one to each one. But coming into the season, I, I think we all expected the, the Rockets to probably be, you know, at the bottom of the division, not to mince yep. words, but I at least thought they were going to have, you know, some solid pitching because their starters did lead the league, I think, last year in innings pitch. And I liked her man, Marquez. I like Antonio as well. And those two guys really haven't stepped up this year. And I, I just kind of want to know, like, what's been up with the rotation last year? Because I thought that was at least going to be the strong suit of this team entering the year. I didn't know if it was going to carry them to the playoffs or anything, but I thought they could at least stay within games and make it manageable through their starters. Paul and I will continue our conversation about the Rockies and give our motivations for watching the team during this dreadful season. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Wealthfront because investing can be complicated. But whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diverse, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free. By going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB to get your first 5,000 managed for free for life. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That's W E A L T H F R O N T.com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. Let's get back to the pod. You, you know, uh, lately it, the starters have, have thrown decently well. John Gray got roughed up in, in, in his last appearance, but uh, even fifth man in the rotation, Chichi Gonzalez has had two incredible stuff. Honestly, at the beginning, it was really tough with, with starting pitching. But, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, one of the uh, Rock, big Rockies Twitter guy, and he's very much an analytics guy. And interestingly enough, Mark uh, Erman is just walking more people right now and he's just not getting the swing and misses. But interestingly enough, one of the thing, the factors that he was telling me was the weather with it being so cold. And uh, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the games being played at courses uh, year so far have been on the colder side. It's harder to throw the knuckle curve, which is Herman's big, get you out pitch his big, you know, whiff, you know, get you to swing and miss, miss type pitch. So that was one thing that, that might change. I, I think Herman's too good to, to continue. I think he will just iron it out. I, I think he's a kind of a case right now where it's just may it's just, needs a little bit more time to warm up and get in the groove because we we've seen flashes of that really goodness, but we've also seen the worst that Herman has ever done in a 10, yeah. 10 run inning, you know, two and a half uh, or two and a third inning uh, there uh, a couple or a few weeks ago. So 
You know, it's just the story with Rockies pitching. And, and I think it all does just go down to just the mentality of the team. I, I just think the team and especially the starters lost their swagger. And, uh, you know, and I think that they, they carried or, you know, built off the momentum of having a great defense behind them. I mean, the Rockies infield used to consist of Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, and DJ LeMahieu. I mean, that's a pretty good, you get a lot of confidence about that, especially if you're a ground ball pitcher, like, uh, you know, Antonio Senzatella is. And, um, so in terms of the, of what's up with the starters, I think it's just, I think it's just another product of, of, of underperformance from, from them. But I think you're still seeing the flashes of, of what makes them good. And I think you're going to see Herman get better. You've seen Antonio Sensatella have some good starts only to be squandered. That's just the thing. There's just so many good starts that, that from the starters this year, that have just been squandered by the bullpen that get lost in the stat book. So out of everything right now, the starting pitching is honestly the one of the least con, of concerns I have. It is relief pitching and offense for the Rockies right now. Okay, so would you say that's like your main motivation for still watching games outside of, of course, you know, still being able to do this podcast? We got to kind of watch the games to know what we're talking about. But I know for me, as you know, watching the D-backs right now struggle, I, I try to just find solace in you know players that are hot right now or young players. Josh Rojas, you know, he hasn't been in the big leagues too long. He's right now on fire for the D-backs, so he's someone that I'm really trying to lock in and uh, lock in on when I'm watching games. Or someone like Carson Kelly, who is part of that Paul Goldschmidt trade and is starting to have a breakout kind of season. So he's been someone I I've been really keeping, keeping an eye on this season. So what's been your motivation for still, you know, turning on those Rocky games, even though you probably know the outcome before they even start. It's hard this year. I'm not going to lie. I mean, to be honest, there's not a ton, I think, to really excite you as a Rockies fan. And I'm not trying to, you know, and it's, that doesn't really help me in terms of advertising the podcast. But I, I just want to bring a the harsh realities of what it truly means to be someone that cares about this team as much as I do. Um, to, to, but to answer your question, there are a couple of players that are, that are, that have been fun to watch for the Rockies, but you know, the Rockies aren't, they have young in terms of experience, but age wise, the Rockies aren't all that young, young. They don't have a lot of really young players that are coming up that you kind of can watch them grow and develop. You've seen a little bit in Josh Fuentes, but he's been around. I mean, he's been up and down for a couple of years. It's not like this is someone that we just called up from camp or something like that, but you've seen some really, you know, we, I've loved watching Rymel Tapia play this year. He's been uh, really, really successful at, at, at really continuing to grow his uh, approach at the plate, something he really wanted to do. I don't know if he'll win that batting title this year that he uh, that he wants to, but uh, we'll see. I, I I still love that. Ryan McMahon is the one piece of the Rockies, I would say. Mm. If there is someone you don't trade and you want to incorporate into the future of this team, he's the guy. He's the guy that you want to – that. You know, he's probably going to be on his, uh, on, on his rookie deal for a couple more years. You can see a little bit more. He is – you know, the new face of the, or will be the new face of the Rockies after Trevor story leaves. And, you know, Charlie Blackman will still be the veteran face, but um, that's, that's it. It's just, it's just, I want to watch Trevor story play as many times as I can before. I, and it's just, I want to see if anything that the Rockies have is, is, is working, but I, you know, and, and, in terms of a uh, more recent thing too, it's been great to see a good story in Connor Joe, He's not an elite player by any mean, but but you love hearing a story of a guy that bounces back uh, from from uh, testicular cancer and gets a shot in the show and and takes a great approach up at the plate. He's been fun to watch uh, with the big mullet and all that stuff too. But um, yeah, so McMahon, Tapia, uh, Jonathan Daza has been fun to watch as well. Um, 
And uh, I'm really excited for Kyle Freeland to be back. That'll be, okay. that'll be, uh, he'll, he'll be the the star. That'll be another player that I'll be really excited to see. He's uh, being a Denver guy being, you know, you know, he's from the area. He's, he's kind of the Colorado kid. So okay. uh, that, that definitely is. So a couple of pieces there, but um, it's, it's hard. <laughs> I will not lie. It is. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie after the performance lately, uh, an off day today is, uh, is, is a okay with me. Paul and I will give our predictions for the series. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because did you know Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? They got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salty caramel. There is a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Built Bars is because they're healthy. I'm a health conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can and Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's get back into it. No, I feel you. I mean, I was hyped the first like three weeks of the season. I was like, D-backs are coming for that top spot in the division. And now I'm like, man, do I really want to turn on the game tonight? Like there's a couple other things on. I can watch my TV show. So I definitely know the struggle of watching, you know, a team. Do I watch there. the playoff bound Nuggets and Avalanche or do yeah. I watch the worst team in baseball? Like, eh, like, you know, it's, it's and, and, and that's what's just so frustrating. I mean, again, the Rockies could be primed for right in this window with the abs and the nuggets being good. And it could just be this sports NATO. You go watch Joker over there at ball arena and Nolan's over there playing at third. And, you know, you got McKinnon and all them doing all this stuff for the abs, but uh, you know, it's just the Rockies are going to Rocky. <laughs> yeah. To get off topic real quick, I'm guessing you got Jokic for MVP. With, without a doubt, hundred percent. Come on now. That guy, I mean, hasn't missed a game. He, I'm not a big basketball guy, so I don't, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have the stats and fully <laughs> biased here, but when you play every single game at the level that that dude plays and just, I mean that he, he's just, I know he's not flashy, but I mean, we're talking most valuable player and that dude makes that dude makes the nuggets as good as they are without a doubt. No, yeah, I totally agree. I'm all in on Jokic for MVP. I love the guy, honestly. I think he's arguably one of the best playoff performers that we have in basketball that I don't think enough people realize, to be honest. But uh, I know we're probably getting close to the end of this pod. But I also want to ask you uh, real quick before we go uh, about Daniel Bard, because this guy, he was a great story last year, one comeback player of the year. Had him pitch for, what, like seven seasons? And mm -hmm. now he's struggling a little bit this year. He's been better recently in his last few outings. Uh, do you think he's a no a long-term option? I guess he's in his, like his mid 30s so probably not but do you think he's gonna be the closer for at least the next few years you know the Rockies will probably give him a chance to be and it, you know unfortunately the Rockies were in a position where they actually would have would have had I think a really dynamite one-two punch there at the end of that bullpen with Scott Oberg and Daniel Bard but Scott Oberg unfortunately battling blood clotting issues you know not only is it career threatening stuff it's life-threatening stuff so odds are he's never going to pitch again um, I love the story of Daniel Bard, but you, you just watch him right now. And it's, it's got Wade Davis. It's got all those, these Rocky, you know, closers of the past dynamite for a year. 
next year is not so good. They move on to another team and it doesn't go so good. Um, that being said, I'm rooting for him completely. I just wish I was on higher hopes, but he just hasn't, his control is not there to be a closer right now. And, uh, you know, he's, he, he, he threw a wild pitch to, to lose a game. I mean, uh, you know, very recently. So I, I hope so, but I, I, I don't think so. I, I don't necessarily, I just, when you, I just think if you want to, I, I think it might be more worthwhile to see about turning Justin Lawrence into a closer, the guy that throws a hundred miles an hour with the funky windup. I think that mm. might be something you could just try to invest in for someone that can, with a weird arm angle that can really throw people off. I, 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 I think the Rockies need to embrace analytics and get crazy with it. Honestly, at this stage, they need to embrace where they play. They need to embrace the, the effects that it has on the team uh, when they go on the road and, uh, you know, and, and embrace course field as a pitcher too. So I, I don't know, but we'll see you Dan- I, again. I, I, I do put the, a little bit of a grain of salt with stuff cause it is may. And I think pitching, you know, yeah. I think a lot of pitchers take a little bit more time than, uh, than offensive players, but, uh, I haven't loved it. And, um, I don't know. We got, we got to see more from him though, because it's just, it, he, it, he, out of everyone in there, he is the one I have in the bullpen. He's the one I have confidence in to be able to shut the door and he just hasn't been able to so far. Okay, so final question before we wrap up the pod here. Who wins our division and who comes out the National League for the World Series? Get you on record. I mean, I uh, I mean, I don't think the Giant or the the Dodgers stay where they're at for long. I think the Dodgers are way too good. Um I have them still winning, but it is crazy. I mean, when San Francisco is literally the weirdest team of all time, um, not only now, but forever, they just put these teams together and they have such great success. I mean, the baseball season's a long time to sustain that though. Um, I just think the Padres and the Dodgers are, are just built for a postseason run and a full season run. So I still have the Dodgers winning the division. Um, and uh, but I could see the Padres and the Giants easily fighting for a, a wild card spot. It's going to be it's going to be tough. But I, I think the Dodgers still have too much too much going on to to not have them be the favorite. Yeah, I'll probably agree with you there. Like if you told me the the Padres are making out the division uh, to the uh, to the World Series, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'll definitely put my money on the Dodgers to repeat. But I wouldn't not to repeat as World Series champions uh, champions, just as contenders, because I definitely think uh, we're going to see playoff Kershaw reemerge after that 2020 season where he was pitching in front of like 10 fans in the yeah. stadium. I definitely think we're going to see the struggles of playoff Kershaw return. But Paul, it was a great time talking to you today. Did you have any uh, final questions for me? before you can get out of here where what best place people stay up to date with all things diamondbacks where should they go oh look up locked on diamondbacks on uh, both twitter and instagram or follow me on my personal twitter account at creator thomas 24 on twitter yeah and <laughs> that's the best place and hit you up for all your uh, the graphic design needs yes, but sir. Uh, miller thank you so much for your time uh just real quick before we go quick series prediction the, the lightning round of it what do you think real quick man i can't even say i mean if you told me the rocky the way the d-backs are playing right now if you told me the rockies are going to come in and sweep the d-backs like i wouldn't be surprised i thought we're going against the marlins who are struggling mightily that the d-backs are going to pick up some easy wins and they lost both series to the marlins and then they went against a struggling mets team and got swept by them or lost that series too so anything could honestly happen I by by the end of the series uh I think the D-backs are like three games back of the Rockies for last place in the division uh we we might be tied at the end of the series I, I'm not ruling anything out 
a sweep either way could definitely happen with the way these two teams are playing, but uh, it, there has to be some offensive production between the two because both of these teams can't get shut out. Uh, and that doesn't, that's not how baseball works. So if we're seeing low scoring games at Coors Field, I'll believe it when I see it. Cause I just don't think that's going to happen between these two. I think it's going to be a, a slug fest weekend and a, a lot of runs are going to be scored, but like, just like kind of how I feel with the red series, I think a team will win this series and a sweep is definitely possible. But, uh, you know, that is going to do it. Thank you so much again, uh, Millard, for your time. We appreciate it. We'll see how the Rockies and the Diamondbacks shake out. We'll have all your coverage here on the Locked On Podcast Network for your Rockies coverage. I'm Paul Holden uh, for Locked On Rockies. And, uh, you know, again, you can go check out uh, Locked On Diamondbacks there. Yes, sir. All of uh, Millard's great, great coverage over there. And uh, make sure you're following all the other stuff there as well. But, Millard, thank you so much again for your time. Thank you, sir. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. And don't forget to come back next week for the best Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Remember, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Braskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Now, that's it for this edition. Stay safe. Stay healthy as always. Deuces!